Welcome to a Lunch with Biggie, a podcast about small business and creatives sharing their stories and inspiring you. My guest today started helping create online stores that was everybody's envy. Was an influencer before even knowing he was an influencer, an influencer and a trend. Then worked on helping those influencers get paid to then coming up with an idea in the shower and going balls deep in the in the personal men's uh, personal grooming care world. Please welcome my guest, founder and CEO of Ballsy, Adam Hendel. Adam, what's going on, Maddie? How you doing, buddy? Hey. Good. Good to see you. Thanks so much. Uh, appreciate the introduction, my friend. Thanks, man. <laughs> it's really good to see you. I mean, I think I interviewed you, uh, man, it was probably six, seven years ago. So uh, I, it's funny. I actually went back and looked at that interview. And uh, and so it was kind of fun to be able to watch that. And, and I kind of chuckled because I remember that is very, very well. Um, so I do take I do appreciate you taking the time to have lunch with me today. Um, obviously, my first go to question always is what's your go to sandwich? Man, I am so lame when it comes to sandwiches. I, I you're gonna hate this, but I'm just not a sandwich guy. Okay. So, so what do you go to? What's your go-to then? Like, if I'm gonna make a sandwich, I like my. I guess my favorite, which I don't make very often, is like a meatball sub sandwich. Okay. So, again, don't make it a lot, but you know, if, if I'm at a sandwich joint, that's yeah. what I'm gonna usually go for. Out of curiosity, what is your go-to lunch then? My go-to lunch lately, for some reason, it's been a lot of ramen. <laughs> that's, hey. uh, uh, tapatio which i just was turned on to you know that like the uh mexican like hot sauce yeah they have their own line of ramen and it's it's really good <laughs> so I, I be it's quick it easy i'm not spending a lot of time at, at lunch so it's yeah. just it's just nice and easy probably not the healthiest but yeah. um it tastes great <laughs> yeah it's not, it sounds good i'm definitely going to be checking it out um yeah. so i alluded to many different businesses um, when I, you know, and obviously I met you, like I said, we met virtually, um, when you had an online magazine called I am the trend, um, where you actually did like, uh, which was amazing. Cause it, it's really kind of interesting when I thought about it, when, you know, based on where, how you evolved, because you literally were, you were unboxing and doing everything that influencers would do, um, way ahead of its, uh, ahead of its time. And I actually had a chance to to talk to you about, uh, you know, talk to you about my brand and had you unbox me, which, which to me was like a huge honor because it was like, I, I would watch so many of your videos, um, to see here, like what your thoughts were. And then also to kind of like go through the, the P's of all the different things of the product and everything like that. And then just to be able to kind of have a better understanding of how I can improve my brand. Um, so it's definitely very been a very interesting uh, thing to do and to be able to have a ch chance now to talk to you about your brand. Um, Ballsy is kind of it's something that I'm really excited about as well. Um, so tell folks a little bit about how you came up with the idea and then how you decided to start Ballsy, like the, the men's personal care line in like December of 2017. Yeah, um, you know, it sounds made up, but it was honestly a shower moment idea about shower products. Um, just, you know, so happens on this one fateful day, uh, I was taking a shower and just so happened to notice how many different products my wife had. And this, I mean, I launched it in 2017, but like, you know, the idea was really in, in early 2016. And around that time, there just wasn't a lot of high quality men's personal care brands. Mm -hmm. And the ones that were out there were just kind of lame in my opinion. So I was actually looking for more high quality brands at that time, but they were just very apothecary looking and just not very fun and engaging. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have, you know, your typical brands that are still around like Dove and Old Spice um, that were like more of your, your bargain brands or three-in-ones. So it was kind of those two things 
that crossed in, in, in the shower and was like, you know, as guys or as, as, as ladies, they really have different products for different areas of their body. And for guys, it's like, here's your Ford one value yeah. wash. Yeah. And it's like, well, you know, why, why hasn't someone created something more specifically for, you know, a men's balls yeah. and, you know, the idea and like literally the product name of ball wash is obvious. It sounds, um, was kind of thought of in that moment, jumped out of the shower, Googled it, and no one had ever created a product called ball wash. And it was kind of one of those moments of like, either I'm completely crazy or, you know, there's some white space to be had here. And then that's kind of when I started walking down the road of, of trying to answer that question. No. And I, and I love, I love, it's funny because you do, I do come up with a lot of crazy ideas in the shower. So it, it kind of, when I heard the story about how exactly it happened, I think that was great. Um, and you started out actually with two items, right. Um, and, you know, and we'll kind of get, we'll get to that point, but like the two big ones was the ball wash and the nut rub, um, which I'm very intrigued by, by that. But like, because, <laughs> because I have no, I never would have been like, Oh, I want to put something on, you know, rub something on my nuts and like, you know, and to make it smell good. I just never does not really go fathom in my mind, but that's also because of the fact that, like you said, like we've, there's no product out there like that or anything that was actually there to groom, um, or for men's, you know, men's personal grooming, um, for that case, what, what made me interested, what was, I found really interesting though, was the fact that there was a process for this. So like you came up with this, obviously yep. you got super excited, but, uh, and, but you also then realized that you weren't a chemist, you're more of the marketing <laughs> brand of it, and that you really couldn't come up with like building, building this or creating the product. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, my first thought was, I'm always kind of a, you know, do it yourself person and see if you can test before you, you know, kind of go out and grow something. So yeah, I, I kind of scoured YouTube on like how to make different washes and whatnot, and, yeah. you know, blogs. And I went to Whole Foods and bought a bunch of different ingredients and essential oils and was kind of like mixing my own body washes. And like you said, you know, I definitely quickly realized that's not my forte, although it was, you know, a great learning experience because I'd never really known, you know, anything about building yeah. a personal care product. So a, a lot of fun, but, you know, that's not where I really wanted to spend my time and, and not a place where I thought I could have like market advantage. So yeah, the next step was really to find a partner uh, that could help me make the products that mm -hmm. I had envisioned. And so I, I just basically started again, back to good old friend, Google, um, searching around for different product manufacturers, um, that could help do that. And honestly, it was a lot of dead ends because I literally set aside, you know, $5,000 to start this. I just really, again, shoestring budget to kind of get a, a product-based business. And, you know, in case you don't know, like most personal care manufacturers want to do 5,000 units, you know, not $5,000. Yeah. Um, but about after about six months or so, I'm just kind of calling around. I um, connected with this uh, smaller manufacturer at the time that was more family run. And they just absolutely loved the idea. And within like, you know, five minutes of the call, they're like, we're going to, we want to help you build this. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm really excited, but it's going to be like a hundred, you know, units to start. Yeah. Like, we don't care. Like, you know, they had seen a lot of ideas, obviously, you know, they, a lot of brands approach these manufacturers with their ideas. Um, and they just thought it was cool. And they got excited about it. And I could tell very early on that they were looking at the business as more of a partnership and not a, just like a contract manufacturer, which is really yeah. unique. You know, a lot of these guys, it's like, sure, I'll build your product. Do you have money? Okay. So, um, 
again, very lucky. I mean, I, I, I guess it wasn't my first call. It took a long time to find these guys, you know, so persistence did pay off, but ultimately you know, found that partner that was excited about the idea. And we spent the next six months or so developing, you know, what the formula would be for ball wash. And as you mentioned, nut rub, which is a solid cologne. And then we launched that basically black Friday of 2017. So a few, a few things that I'm, I've was intrigued by, by this, because um, one, I love the fact that it, it's like a, it's good and bad, obviously like the frustration of having this amazing idea and then not actually being able having to actually slow roll, try to find the right opportunity for it. Um, but my, my first, my biggest thing that I thought of where I put myself in your shoes and, and that is how difficult is it for someone to come up with an idea, but then have to rely on someone else to kind of work it. And then you're, and it's, it's one of those where, I mean, I'm assuming there was a lot of back and forth where you like flying in to go see these folks in order to kind of do this to, because I mean, there's a lot of back and forth on sampling and does this, is this how yeah. I want it to smell and how I want it to look and, and things like that. Um, so yeah, there is a ton of back and forth and a lot of frustration because a lot gets lost from like initially what your vision is. It's like, Oh, I, like, I thought we were on the same page and then you get a sample back and it's like, Whoa, this isn't even close to what I thought. Yeah. So yeah, there's, you know, especially early on in a relationship where you're trying to, you know, figure each other out, like how, you know, how you all work. Um, but yeah, we went through, geez, I mean, probably close to a hundred different iterations of just, you know, wow. a ball wash. Um, there's just so many things that go into it. You know, what, what type of ingredients, what's the viscosity, what's the fragrance smell like very early on. I wanted it to only be essential oils. I wanted it to be a hundred percent natural. Um, but after, you know, I think it was three or four months. I just, I just could not get to a fragrance that just didn't smell like essential oils and it wasn't unique. You know, it's like yeah. those products to me all kind of smell similar. Yep. Um, so we started being like, all right, what does it look like if we do a fragrance, but everything else is, you know, on the natural spectrum. Um, and that's when we finally found, uh, you know, a fragrance and then towards the end, you know, the activated charcoal piece of it, um, that wasn't added until like the last month of like the six months. Really? Yeah. Which ended up being kind of the X factor, but I mean, you know, activated charcoal in, in products now is kind of, you know, normal, mm -hmm. but you know, five, you know, five years ago now, it really wasn't. I mean, you, you would see it in like teeth whitening, but not in like body wash. And yeah. the idea of like a black body wash was different. Right. And so once I got that sample with the fragrance and I'm like, oh man, this just feels like different. Right. And it's something like the, the name of the product is different. Mm -hmm. So like the experience shouldn't just feel like a normal product. Right. So that was kind of like the, the, the final light bulb, like, aha, we got something that's different. And that's something that's carried forward into every product we've you know created moving forward. It's like, you know, the, the, you mentioned the nut rub, which is, which is a cologne, right? Yes. You can, you can definitely, you know, use it on your balls and that's the way we market it, but it is like a great all over body cologne, right. but most people have never heard of like a beeswax based cologne. Like the utility is different. It's nice. It's like comes in a tin. You can throw it in your pocket or backpack. It's lightweight. Like it's just, it's different. Right. So we're always looking for things that can be different about a product. And that might not always be the utility. It might sometimes just be like the naming convention and like the way that we market it, but it's always just looking at like what's kind of been done and how do we make it ballsy? How do we make it different? Yeah. And, uh, so 
one of some of the things you know I, I truly am amazed by like how the story and how all this has kind of evolved because like you said you started off with 5k bootstrapped it um you obviously found your manufacturer did the whole thing you created what like i think you made like 500 you guys made like 500 um items and uh and then sold out basically in 24 hours yeah um which is insane um and and <laughs> it was insane <laughs> i can only imagine seeing that like the ticker of all the sales going and going what the and it just like kind of flowing through um i know a lot of that has to do with the fact of how you guys marketed it um, obviously the name and all that stuff is like, is amazing, but you guys put some money and some time into the idea of the social mark, social media marketing and the ads and things like that. Um, I want you to be able to kind of, if you can kind of give, I don't know, like a rudimentary concept or talk about, um, about this, because I think I'll be honest with you, Adam, like I've been doing my brand for a long time and I could tell you right off the bat, one of the things that I've fallen flat, what I do not, I suck at is I have not really spent the money and time and, and investment into Facebook marketing ads um, and or Instagram ads and things like that. Things that I should, because I know that my brand would blow up because of it. So I definitely want to kind of get an idea of at least somewhat of an inkling of what maybe you could help me and maybe help others um, on kind of how that thought process went to. And then what, what do you maybe some advice you may give for someone starting out? Because obviously when you're bootstrapped, you don't have a lot of money to spend on kind of shooting blank sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no doubt and happy to kind of unpack that a bit. I think the one thing before I dive into exactly, you know, kind of what we did is, the most important thing you can ask yourself is like, what is going to get someone's you know attention? What's going to get them to stop in the feed, right? And for us, luckily, like the name of the product is you know you know a very you know attention grabbing. So you know ball wash, and it we decided you know in that creative that we initially tested to make sure like it was a it was just a black bottle on a white background, like because the name is what was gonna grab people's attention. So we made sure that was like kind of close to the front of the image and there was nothing distracting from it, right? So as a brand, like you need to be you know, thinking through and, and admittedly, this has gotten harder and harder, you yeah. know, because, you know, four years ago when I launched it, you know, Facebook was definitely a thing, but it's way more of a thing now. I mean, there's just so many more brands and um, products, you know, it's not, it's not a secret. It's just like kind of a given. You need to be on Facebook. So it's even more and more important now that you spend the time. It's like, would I stop on this ad? And what questions would I have if I did stop on it? And answer those two questions before you kind of start spending a bunch of money, right? Because if that part isn't right, none of it's going to work, yeah. right? So again, inherently in our brand, it is very ballsy and you know gets people's attention. But from there, the thing that we did out of the gate was test different audiences. Okay. So we had initially set up a, you know, a campaign and we broke it into four different ad sets. So each ad set is going after a different, you know, group, if you will. So we actually had three groups going after uh, men. Um, I think they varied in, in age for each ad set and different interests. And then we had a fourth ad set that was just going towards females. And this was right around you know, Christmas, but I, and I wasn't really thinking about females as the target market for, for ball wash. I mean, yeah. I, I came to find out later on, you know, naively that females do purchase the majority of personal care products in, in their household, but I've always just bought my own. So I never really had that yeah. experience, but like, 
again, just kind of a happen, you know, a great, you know, happenstance that, that, that unfolded, but I think it, it all came down to just testing and testing some assumptions that maybe you weren't that adamant about, right. It's just like that seems obvious now to test like the women's segment, but it was, it was kind of a throwaway for me at the moment. And that ad set, lo and behold, was just like crushed the other, you know, the other three ad sets. It was like, I think the ROAS on that, like, which is your return on ad spend. So for every dollar you put in, what you get back, it was like a 10 to one, right? Like for every buck I put in, I was getting $10 back where the other ones were like a four to one. And that's still great, but it was just like, holy, like, this is where we got to go. And you know, so we like immediately leaned into that and we did sell, you know, the 500 units basically in, in you know, 24 to 48 hours, like right over like Black Friday. And then um, we use that for the rest of holiday. So I, the other part of this is I reached out to our manufacturer and I said, all right, good and bad problem. We're sold out, <laughs> you know, but do we have time to make more? And like, luckily they made us 15,000 units and we sold out of all of those before Christmas. Um, but if it wasn't for really, you know, doing that what seems like obvious test now it, it maybe the business wouldn't have you know i would i wouldn't have gotten the signal early on yeah um and we wouldn't have been as profitable and you know who knows how that time goes so again it, it's testing it, you know testing your obvious assumptions but you know throwing a few different ones out there a little while you know some wild cards and smaller budget may always pay off i like that or may pay um, off yeah no i totally get that and then um how did what what was your progression going from the two products going and selling because i mean you guys you guys have obviously been now in business for a few years now so you're up to 14 items um everything from like the b2 trimmers like your newest thing that you guys have um so so what was your progression like once you went is it one of those where like every six months you're like all right now we're going to start coming up with new uh new products and building up and just kind of going every six months or so or did you guys have like what was your thought process on how you were going from there um and building building your brand yeah so at first we took it really slow um so the first full year in business um that we added one other product so that was sac spray and the huge unlock for us was to put those three products into a kit and then we marketed as like, you know, you're below the belt kit. And that just absolutely crushed it. And we were, you know, we did three and a half million dollars in our first year of business. And I think a lot of brands, um, you know, would be like, oh man, we got to like get a bunch of more products out there because it's exciting and your ML is traction. It's like, we need to get more out there. And for us, we're like, we wanted to make it kind of dead simple for when somebody landed on our site, it's like, here's three things. They're about balls. They do different, you know, one's a deodorizer, one's a cologne, and one's just a wash. And it's like very simple. It's easy for somebody to like make a buying decision. They're not like looking through a ton of different products and, you know, getting confused or, or whatever and spinning off. So, and it also made it really easy for us just to tell the brand story, you know, in general and, um, you know, kind of devote money just to creating assets for three products. Like the more SKUs you add, you know, again, the more content you need to make and the more just money it, it takes to do all of these things. So, we remained very narrowly focused for that first year. And even into the second year, you know, we started to add a few other products. We added Ball Guard, um, which is a lotion. It's basically a below the belt deodorant that replaces, you know, guys that have used like talcum powder mm-hmm. um, for like sweat and odor and irritation with a lotion that dries as a powder. And that became a hit. But around that time too, that's actually our best-selling product today. Um, but around that time, 
we started to ask the question of, you know, could we start to become a more well-rounded men's personal care brand? Like, can we get you in with the balls? And the, the, the kind of what we always said was like, if you trust us with your balls, you know, yeah. could you trust us with the rest of your body? Yeah. You know, and, and I think, I mean, our, our, our hypothesis was yes. So then we started to branch into a few other products like our shampoos and conditioner and, uh, you know, from then moved into deodorant, face wash, face lotion, but this is over the course of four years, but I think it's really important early on to just remain kind of focused. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot easier to manage Facebook ad spend when you only have three, three products. It's a lot easier to manage content. It's a lot easier for customers to understand who you are. Um, at least that's the way that, you know, I've seen it work for us and, I don't know. I think simple is good. At least no, in the beginning. I, I think sometimes those are the, you know, be consistent, be consistent and simple. I think that's kind of uh, the big areas. And I think that what's been interesting is, is as you guys have grown, you guys have noticed or I've seen different forms of streams of income. I've noticed like you have the, the, so, you know, obviously the have online, you're on Amazon, you have subscription, you have the box sets, which obviously are, are very, very fun. Um, like the, for Valentine's day, you have like, I'm nuts about you, uh, you know, and things like that, which is a great little set. And it's perfect because you're right. It's like a great gift to give. Um, but you guys also have like a subscription and then you guys also are in retailers, right? So, I mean, it's kind of like, you you've kind of realized i guess as you started you kind of built that infrastructure you're like okay now i'm ready to start kind of like putting myself out there in different different places to kind of grow this thing a little bit more yeah i mean i think i mean that's a really good point we started only d to c right again we started very narrow we're like let's focus on one thing at a time and then get that you know kind of humming along pretty good before we start adding on i mean we only added amazon as a channel the last year Mm -hmm. Right. Like we want to just be very focused on like owning the customer's, you know, email address and making it very easy to like remarket to them and provide them this really cool branded experience that we could do on our website where we couldn't do on Amazon. And, you know, maybe we were a little bit too pr protective early on, you know, on how quickly we went over to Amazon because we were always worried about like cannibalization, you know, yeah. people going on Amazon, you have lower margins and you mm -hmm. lose that customer data. Yeah. Um, but it's worked pretty well to kind of just take things in stride, do some tests. You mentioned retail. Um, we didn't immediately start going out to retail. We had retailers, you know, smaller barbershops, you know, boutiques, gift stores, reaching out to us, asking us to carry it. And, you know, we kind of tested the water with them. We learned, you know, kind of what works, what doesn't. And then we've started to scale up to, you know, larger stores. So it's kind of like that, uh, you know, crawl, walk, run approach for us. And we're a small team. Yeah, so we've much, always just you have that. like five right you have like five folks you have like a you have like a from what i've seen right yeah there's actually there's there's four of us so myself and brock who's you know he's, he's the co-founder and handles a lot of you know the main operations of the business and then uh, one of my best friends of you know 25 years eric he handles finance and then we've got uh, another great friend so it's basically four buddies um just working on this on this company together um, and he does a bunch of content for us. And then, um, I, my sister helps with social media, mm -hmm. I'm not social media with a uh, customer service. Yeah. So in small and mighty, Hey man, that, I, I absolutely love it. I mean, I think it's a, it's really impressive what you guys have done. Um, one of the things that I find, I, by the way, and, and I was kind of curious, like 
how how you guys how important is your email marketing because i obviously i've i've purchased from you so i i chuckle a lot when i see the different ads uh and the different emails that i get um from you guys um obviously you know the wonderful thing about your product is that once your product once you're done it's you know you hopefully have a repeat customer constantly and hopefully adding new things and new products um so how important is it where at what point I guess really my question also my question really will kind of lead to is at what point is it what have you noticed as f- email fatigue you know what I mean like when you get too many emails like if anyone's ever gotten like an old navy one where it's like every day you get an old Na- old navy somehow always has a sale um you know what what have you <laughs> learned what have you learned um in that of like how like you know kind of what you've noticed from your own cl- customers um of like the the constant repetition or times that they're getting and receiving emails yeah, I mean, the, the first part of your question, you know, email is just immensely important to, to the brand and keeping top of mind with customers and, you know, letting them know about new products and sales. Um, you know, if we do blog posts, we, you know, we talk about the, you know, content around what do balls think and things like that. So email is just, you know, a huge lever still for, for you know, any brand. Um, it's something that, we've actually continued to do more and more of, you know, to your point of like burning out your customers and your email list. Like I was always very sensitive to that early on. So I didn't want to send too many emails. Mm -hmm. And then we started working with um, amazing email agency and they're like, you guys aren't doing enough. Like there's definitely like more that you can push. Like people, you know, some people are going to get upset and they're going to, you know, unsubscribe potentially, but the majority of people like, like those reminders and they don't, they're not mad about them because they typically now go into a social um, folder in their Gmail or whatever. And it's like, yeah. they're there. And if not, they, they archive it. Um, so yeah, you don't want to be hitting people over the head daily, but we kind of aim for about three emails a week and we'll scale that up or down. Um, you know, it's kind of depending on what we have going on, you know, around holidays, we're sending emails, I'd say five days a week. You know, just because uh, Christmas and Valentine's Day are just such huge moments for us. Yeah. In the summer, it'll probably be three. Um, something we're talking about more is just how do you email people when you don't, you know, let's say I mean, we're not releasing new products all the time or we're not, we don't have sales all the time, right? Yeah. So like, how do you keep that engaging, right? So it's like, maybe it's focusing on certain attributes of that product that makes sense for that time of year. Like Bulgard, you know, it's like sweat season is here. It's like this is what's going to help you solve this thing that's happening, you know, now. So you're always looking for like, what's the story you can tell for kind of like what the time of year or moment is. And then outside of that, something that we haven't done a great job of, but something that I want to do more of is just like said, more informational posts around, you know, personal care. Like, why do you need a face wash? Do I need to, you know, wash my face? Like, do guys do this? You know, what's the, you know, why put lotion on, you know, all of these things that I think as guys, you know, maybe a thought of, um, but maybe never looked into. And I think our brand has the unique ability to be fun in the way yep. that we approach these normally boring kind of conversations and topics. So that's something that I think, you know, we're excited to continue to explore is not just always hitting people over the head of the sales, but like, can you provide them value Yeah, and content outside of just trying to always push no. sales? 
I think that's, I think that, and that's something that I try to like, I try to balance because you never want to be the one who's like, bye, bye, bye. But at the same time, you want to be able to provide some fun, some fun things to be able to kind of, uh, people find a little bit more about the brand or about itself. Like I try to do a little bit of sandwich facts and I'll do yeah, sandwich jokes and I'll do, uh, cause I have like a pup, my, my, my mascot is a puppet. So I basically use him to do the horrible sandwich puns, um, and things like that. So I try to mix it up. Just Love that. I never want to be the guy that just says, Hey, buy my stuff. But, um, but at the same time, obviously I want you to think about sandwiches and think about me. So I totally, uh, I totally get that, that. Um, when it comes to that, what, um, what advice would you give? I mean, obviously what's, what advice would you give someone starting out or wanting to start out and, you know, and basically kind of is just, just afraid to pull the trigger. I mean, it's so cliche, but like, just pull the trigger. Like, yeah. Honestly, I almost didn't like, I was very close, you know, over those six months when I'm calling all those, you know, manufacturers and it's not working. And, and then you start second guessing yourself and it's like, all right, well, you know, maybe some of the things you had a, a ton of conviction on slowly start to, you know, drip away. And then you finally get that person on the phone and it's like, all right, cool. Like this could maybe work, but then you spend the next six months doing a hundred different iterations of the product. And then again, the doubt starts to creep into your mind. Like, yeah. can we actually make something that's so you know differentiated, and, you know, is going to stand up that you're going to be proud of. Uh, luckily, you know, like the next step when we finally got them, we put it up, like we saw a lot of success, like immediately, but you know, there's a lot of brands where that doesn't happen, but like the entrepreneurial journey is not for the, you know, the faint of heart, but like the Correct. people that continue to push through, you know, it's always like, right on the other side of the hill. You, know, you never know what could have been. And, you know, there were several times where I almost didn't do it. I was actually at a startup that got acquired by Google. And I was like, oh man, like we're going to work at Google. Like this is the dream. Like, what am I going to be, what am I doing with this ball wash company? Like, should I even do this anymore? And like for a while, like, you know, I really, I really didn't. And like, and I would just, you know, I really thought about not doing it. And Thankfully, you know, I just continue to push. And I think one of my favorite days during this entrepreneurial journey was going to my, you know, managers at Google and say, hey guys, I'm leaving. And they're like, you know, why? What's going on? I'm like, well, I've got this, you know, ballsy company and it's, you know, it's crushing it. And I, I got to take this, you know, full time and, and pursue that. And they were just like, jaws open. Like, wait, you're leaving Google for like balls? <laughs> then I told them the numbers and they were like, Get out of here now. Like, go do that. You're an idiot. So what? So that's, that's a great question. And and I, and I'm glad you brought that up. Like, cause we, I have some people that sometimes ask me, they're like, well, what, what's it going to take? Cause I have a full-time job and they're like, what's it going to take for you to go full-time with Deli Fresh Threads? And I'm like, well, I'm like, I got to get to a point where I'm like, I, there's gotta be, there's a certain like number or certain threshold where I'm yep. like, I have a family, I have a house, I have all these things you got to deal with. Right. Um, which is the same thing that you had to deal with. Um, you probably had to have that uncomfortable conversation with your wife, uh, you know, about like, Hey, what do you think? Um, you know, and obviously the bread's in, you know, it's kind of like one of those things where, yeah. you know, at, at one point, I mean, it's kind of cool because you, you were, you were basically at a point where I think you were just like, I, I can't keep up with this. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta basically like, I can't, I can't burn myself, you know, both sides of the, of the candle type of thing. Yeah. Um, everyone has that number. Right. And I am not that, you know, risky of a person, even though the brand is called ballsy. And so, you know, 
we had a substantial amount of sales and I knew in my heart it was time, but, you know, I'm looking at my four-year-old daughter at the time and, you know, my wife and I'm working at Google and it's like, this is very safe and secure and options are great and benefits are awesome. And I'm like, maybe I just continue running this on the side and like, is like a little, you know, uh, you know, cash business on the side and um, a lifestyle brand. And I had the conversation. I had the conversation with my, with my wife, and she literally just like bitch slapped me, and she's like, "You're an idiot. Shut you know, shut up, and let's do this thing. And no matter what happens, like you'll always be able to go back and, and do those things. So like, I'm really lucky. I can't say that I'm like that entrepreneur that just like YOLO, like I'm going yeah. for it. And maybe if I was, you know, in my early twenties, you know, that could have worked, but you know, as you know, I was 35 at the time, like I, I needed that. And luckily I had the support system and like, you know, my wife just being like, let's, let's do this. And, um, we never looked back and, you know, here we are today. We actually, you know, and I don't think you know this, but we sold the, you know, the, the, I'm still working on the business, but I sold the business in, in August of last year. You did. So I did. So I'm, I'm there still working on it, but I am no longer like the, you know, the owner of the businesses, which is weird to say out loud. Oh, so wait, hold on. I, <laughs> I definitely did not know this. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in all my research. Haven't. I haven't so, really made it a, a thing. So let me ask you this then. So now that that happened and obviously mm-hmm. I'm assuming you made, it was uh, for, with, you know, very, very, very good for your, for you and your family. What happens, what happens next? Like, does the entrepreneurial spirit still stay in your head where like, I have the next idea that I want to do, or are you like now kind of like, let me see what I, you know, like when you made that decision, was that part of it? Or you're like, no, this is too good of an opportunity. I'm going to, I'm going to take, I'm willing to cash out and then basically then settle, figure out what my next step is going to be. Yeah. I mean, I've always been singularly focused on ballsy. Like as four people running this company, it is you know, a complete beast to run. So I've never been, you know, I, mean, I wasn't cooking on other ideas when Correct. this kind of opportunity came up. Um, so the opportunity came up and we've had several people kind of approach, you know, the brand over the years as, we, as we've scaled and this one, you know, made a lot of sense. So we finally decided, you know, to do it. One, you know, I, I have to admit, like it was financially great for, you know, myself and, and our partners. And two, we were excited about um, the company that bought us and where we thought they could, you know, scale it to, right? Mm-hmm. We were kind of at this point where it's like, well, we can't be four guys running this company forever. So we're going to either have to like hire a bunch of people, uh, maybe, maybe raise, we never raised money, you know, it was always bootstrapped the whole way through, but it was like to get that to that next level, it kind of was like, we might need to start looking at this or, you know, do we sell it to somebody that's going to do that for us? And we can, you know, take, you know, take our chips off the table and start working on the next idea. So that's kind of what, you know, the thought process was through and yeah. we ultimately decided to sell, but yeah, now, you know, I'm on a six month retainer where next month is the last month. and you know, I can't say it hasn't even hit me yet. You know, it's, it's scary. You know, it's just like, man, I just like one day in the very near future, I'm not going to need to like, you know, I'm not going to be focusing on this, which is terrifying. Um, So yeah, trying to figure out exactly what's next. What I'll, what I'm trying to tell myself is not to rush it. 
I have had some other friends that have sold businesses and like they jump immediately into the next thing. And I'm kind of like all or none. Right. And I don't want to like just jump immediately to the next thing and be like, man, like I should have took a little bit of time off. Yeah. So I think the plan now is to, you know, it's, it's February that, you know, take the, take through the summer off, enjoy some much needed time with my family. Again, it was been amazingly supportive and then uh, yeah, work on the next, the next venture. That's awesome, man. That's like, I mean, that's phenomenal to be able to go that route. And I think that's, you know, isn't that, I think that's kind of what everyone wants to be able to kind of take it and you, uh, you know, build something from the scratch and then all of a sudden develop it to the point of like, kind of like, a, you know, you hit puberty, uh, you could say, and then now <laughs> you're taking it, letting someone else take it to, you know, to take it to the next, uh, the next level. That's a uh, congratulations, man. That's really, Thanks. really awesome. Yeah, it's exciting and terrifying all at once. It's like it's this weird thing where, like, you've grown, like you said, you've grown it, you've grown the little baby up with yeah. your teenager, and like, Ballsy is me, right? Like, I've written the copy, yeah. designed the, you know, literally, it is me as a brand. So it's yeah. like weird to, like, just be like, here's the, you know, here's yeah. my kid, Here like, take, take him, like I've sold him off to you, and like just I, to see where it's gonna go. But I, it's also exciting to see like what other people are gonna do with it, and the way that they look at it. So, yeah, be a different um, set yeah. of eyes, different set of eyes, different perspective. It's always amazing when you get someone else um, from a different set, like you know, coming from a different angle, how they how they may take it. So that's uh, you know, that's definitely hard when it comes to that. I definitely uh, what I guess what lessons or advice. I guess has helped you or helped someone like, like you on your journey, like as you've gone, because obviously I know you've probably had some moments where you've stumbled um, along the, along <clears> the way. Um, has there ever been like, is there a certain like a phrase or mantra or maybe advice you've gotten that's kind of helped you through that? I can't say there's been a certain, you know, phrase or anything like that. What I'd say is surrounding yourself with people that, support you and believe in the vision is just paramount to everything else because you know like when 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 covid started and it's like man like you, you start thinking about like what's going to happen to this business right like you're freaking out and it's like if you don't have somebody to like you can sincerely lean on and talk through like you could just you know the entrepreneur journey is a very lonely one if you're not surrounded by like great people so whether it's a partner in the business or just somebody that you can like, you know, a mentor or somebody that you can trust, like you think it's just, or your significant other rather, it's incredibly powerful and helpful to have those people, you know, at, at the peaks and, at, you know, and then more importantly at the valleys. So luckily, you know, I, I, like I said, I've built this brand with my best friends and with my wife, like my wife is like kind of the silent ballsy, you know, um, consultant on the side yeah. like she, she just been there for me and always gave that female perspective and always you know supported me so i would say find the people that love and care about you and can support you and will be there for you no matter what and that's everything else you know mantras and slogans you know yeah. are, are great but at the end of the day that's what it is for me did i had a curiosity because you brought up the word mentor um did you have <clears throat> Cause obviously you've never done personal, like personal help, you know, grooming or men's care or whatnot, whatnot. Did you reach out to any other mentors or folks that maybe had a little bit more understanding of the, in the industry to kind of help you through, help you guys along the way? Not really in personal care. I mean, I joined and been a part of some, you know, just e-commerce, uh, you know, Slack groups and channels and, and things like that. Um, but 
I guess my background, you know, outside of I am the trend and all of that was was in e-commerce directly. So luckily, you know, it through several startups and then also Brock, who is, you know, my main co-founder, we worked together at an e-commerce startup for, for about three years. That was Store Envy. Mm-hmm. And um, I look at him as somebody that just makes me better. So it always, you know, us two together, he was kind of my mentor and I think I was his. So it was just like the perfect, you know, partnership. Um, so I, I did not, but I know that is helpful when you don't have that person as kind of your partner. Yeah. And I was just kind of curious because of the fact that you were in an industry that wasn't, you know, like a, it's a competitive industry, um, you know, and so I was kind of curious if like, if you yeah. had, if you, if you seeked out or anything like that. So that's why I was always curious on that, which, which is even more amazing. The fact that you guys, you know, I mean, it's, it kind of does kind of go to show that you create a good product uh, and at the same time can market it. Then obviously then you can, uh, you can do quite a bit of uh, wonderful things like you guys have done. So that's uh props to you guys, man. That's a very, I'm Thank super you. excited for you guys. Um, how that. can people, how can people um, purchase support, follow and, uh, and check out ballsy um, or ballwash.com. What, uh, where else can they follow you um, or, and, and yeah. interact with you guys? Yeah, so the the website is uh, as you mentioned either ballwash.com or ballsybrand.com. They both go to the same place. Um, we are on Instagram and Facebook and all those fun platforms at ballwash. Um, my email personally, if anyone wants to reach out, is adam at ballsybrand.com. Always happy to co- to connect. Awesome, man. Well, I like Adam. Super excited uh, for everything. I thank you so much for taking the opportunity to chat with me. Um, and talk about your brand and your journey. I think it's a uh, really is inspiring what you've uh, what you've done and what you've created. Um, so I definitely thank you so much for that. No, and I, and, I, and I thank you, man. And you know, I, you were honestly, and not because we're just talking right now. Like one of my favorite interviews on on the trend, just because like the passion and the love and like the understanding of brand Thanks. that you have is. I mean, I saw a lot of clothing brands. You know, I know you like, did. <laughs> I mean, hundreds, you know, if not more. Um, and I think what you immediately got, which I think is just so immensely important, is like, what what does the brand stand for? And is it authentic to that person? Like, yeah. for me, ballsy is me. Like, it's the brand that I yeah. wanted to exist. So it wasn't me forcing something. And for you, it's very obvious yeah. your passion for sandwiches and, you know, deli fresh is you. Yeah. And I think those are, always, you know, Johnny cupcakes, like that's him. Like, you know, Jeff, Jeff of Ugmunk, like that is him. So yep. it's like, it's the people that are making brands that resonate so much with themselves. And it might be in something that you're not thinking about. Like personal care is not something that I had any expertise in, but I made the brand in that product that mm-hmm. I am. So it wasn't me trying to force something. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, incredibly important because it, it keeps you pushing and, you know, past the good times and the bad. Amen, so. man. Amen. No, that's, and that's the perfect way to, to close it. I totally agree. And I appreciate the compliment. Um, it does mean a lot to me that you, uh, you know, those, those kind words and, and yeah, it's something I I'm obsessed with. I'm obsessed with my brand and I, I love it. And, and, uh, and so it means a lot that, you know, after all these years, you still know who I am and my brand and, and, uh, and I definitely appreciate that. Um, well, that's our show for today. So thank you so much to Adam Hendel for being on the show and having lunch with me. Definitely make sure to check out ballsy ballwash.com ballsybrand.com either one of those um definitely give them a follow they amazing uh marketing as well as also they're very good products i know because i use it 
uh, and I can definitely attest to it. That's one of the other reasons why I wanted to have them on. Um, if you uh, want to, if you enjoyed the show, definitely make sure to subscribe. Uh, make sure to check out the new Facebook group, Lunch with Biggie Podcast on Facebook. Um, if you want, you can always support me. Check out my brand, Deli Fresh Threads. Um, definitely do some shopping. Tell your friends. Thank you. Until next time, keep eating sandwiches and follow your passion. <laughs>